Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at the New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today, an extraordinary plan to rush a series of executions on Arkansas's death row, the story of a controversial drug at the heart of the plan, and a race against the clock. Eight men, 10 days. It's Wednesday, March 15th. Near Grady, Arkansas, along the Arkansas River, sits the Varner Unit. The high-security prison is where the state keeps its inmates who are waiting to die. So you've got eight men in Arkansas who have been on death row, in some cases for decades. Alan Blinder is a reporter for The Times based in the South. These are, are men who were convicted of some of the most heinous crimes that a state can ever see. And now, after years of waiting, these eight men are scheduled to die. It is a pace of execution that researchers say is unprecedented in the modern history of the death penalty in the United States. All eight, over 10 days. Among them... There was a man named Don Davis, who actually this month marked the 25th anniversary of being sentenced to death. My name is Deborah Sallings, and I'm the lawyer for Don Davis. What's his state of mind right now? Well, in general, like everybody there, and I've seen some of the other people as well, I mean, everything is very tense and very, everything is real subdued, even with the guards. You can tell that it's a big moment, and everybody is apprehensive and worried. You know, these people have been on death row for a long time. And I don't really understand why we're in such a rush that we're going to do this assembly line execution just because of an expiration date on a drug. It all comes down to a drug called midazolam. How to give your child midazolam. So midazolam is one of the most popular drugs that you will find in any hospital setting. It is very popular sedative. It is sprayed into the nose using a syringe and atomizer. But midazolam is also an execution drug. It is used in lethal injection cocktails. And the state of Arkansas's supply of midazolam is scheduled to expire at the end of April. What do you mean expire? Every drug you will find out there has an expiration date. Effective nighttime cold and flu symptom relief in just one dose. Whether it's the NyQuil that you keep in your medicine cabinet or, in this case, midazolam, 
it will reach the end of its shelf life, if you will, and it is illegal, essentially, to administer it in this kind of context once the drug is expired. And Arkansas is not certain whether they'll be able to obtain any more midazolam. Why? The trouble for Arkansas is pharmaceutical companies are broadly opposed to their drugs being used in lethal injections. So they have moved to cut off the supply to states that want to use them for executions. Uh, in some cases, you know, we've seen letters from pharmaceutical companies to states saying, our drug is not supposed to be used for an execution. If you're going to use it, please send it back to us and we'll give you a refund. Why are the companies so opposed? It is generally a combination of politics and morality, to be quite honest with you. Some companies say they have a, a clear moral stand against the death penalty. Even supporters of the death penalty, even supporters of midazolam, concede that this is nobody's first choice drug for executions. What's its history? It is a very popular sedative. It was invented in the 1970s as an alternative to Valium. Originally synthesized yeah. RO21-3981. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's this one. That's me, So there was a team of chemists who were working in New Jersey, and one of them was a man named Armin Walzer. I was the Midazolam man. And he is still alive and well these days. He's living out in Tucson and enjoying retirement. <laughs> I have, was, you ever, have you ever been sedated with it? Uh, I got it when uh, I had a colonoscopy. I told uh, the doctor when he was giving me the drug that I invented the drug. He thought I was fantasizing. Or <laughs> <laughs> it has been one of the most important drugs out there. The World Health Organization lists it as one of the world's essential medicines. And for a long time, it wasn't used in executions because the purpose of midazolam is less to actually kill the prisoner, and it's more to sedate them and make the other lethal injection drugs painless. The argument that we hear from critics of midazolam is that it is unable to sufficiently sedate a prisoner. So when these other drugs are pumped through them, it causes pain and suffering. The nation's third botched execution in six months has rekindled the debate over the death penalty. Have there been problems with this drug? when it's used for lethal injections. There have sometimes been problems. Arizona inmate Joseph Rudolph Wood, Oklahoma inmate Clayton Lockett. And there have been very high profile problems. In Arizona, in 2014, there was an execution involving midazolam and it lasted nearly two hours. The execution took so long that his lawyers had time to file an emergency appeal while it was happening. Um, that execution did not go very well. I sat down with Dale Bache. He's an assistant federal defender in Phoenix who witnessed the execution of Joe Wood. So the process all started at about 1.30. And by 1.40, they had the first line in. By 1.50, he, he was saying his, the curtain opened. And we saw Joe Wood laying on the execution table. He was strapped down. Joe made his last remarks. And then the uh, process began. Uh, by, uh, let's see, 157, he was unconscious. What I saw was Joe Wood's eyes uh, start to close. His breathing 
became shallow and compared to other executions I witnessed, it all appeared to be going according to plan. At about uh, two, uh, 2.05. But all of a sudden his mouth opened wide, his head lurched back, and it looked like Joe was struggling to breathe. You know, and it just sort of looked like a fish opening and closing his mouth. His mouth closed, and then a few seconds later, it opened again. It looked like he was trying to catch his breath. Inmate Joseph Wood was pronounced dead today at 3.49 Arizona time at the Arizona State Prison Complex in Florence. It took Mr. Wood one hour and 57 minutes to die. How long is it supposed to take for someone to die from lethal injection? Uh, just a few minutes. Uh, we, we've heard of executions often being, you know, 5, 15, 20 minutes, and the, that's the whole procedure. Arizona Governor Jan Brewer has ordered a full review of the state's execution procedures. Um, it's not, we're not talking about an extended period of time, but two hours is just extraordinary. And also, the drugs used in the execution are under investigation. Witnesses say Wood gasped for air, which could be a side effect of both of those drugs. Arizona found that their protocols had worked. They believed that everyone had done their job, and they also argued that the prisoner in that case had been sedated and felt no pain. And is there any evidence to suggest otherwise? Well, the problem is, obviously, you can't talk to this prisoner afterward to ask, but there were certain, certainly suggestions and witnesses reported that Mr. Wood gasped something on the order of more than 600 times over the course of the execution, which is a remarkable number. So given what you've just told me about that Arizona case, is there any worry about using this drug to now execute eight people in quick succession in Arkansas in this really fast manner that something could go wrong? Among some people, there certainly are worries about that. Critics of the death penalty argue that the risk of midazolam is too high, that you run the risk of an unconstitutionally painful execution. The Constitution forbids cruel and unusual punishment, but the courts have consistently upheld that the death penalty does not amount to that in and of itself. Um, there was an interesting comment in the 2015 opinion from the court that dealt with midazolam, and it was Samuel Alito writing the opinion, and he talked about how the Constitution does not require the avoidance of all risk of pain. And then he added... After all, while most humans wish to die a painless death, many do not have that good fortune, holding that the Eighth Amendment demands the elimination of essentially all risk of pain would effectively outlaw the death penalty altogether. The fact that this is still being litigated in the courts, I mean, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which sits in Cincinnati, was hearing arguments about midazolam this month. So nothing is really settled in a lot of ways. And everyone I talk to expects that there's a pretty good chance it will go back before the Supreme Court at some point down the road. Who knows when, though? You know this, of course. There's still some question about whether midazolam, which is going to be used to execute Don Davis, could actually prolong the death of somebody like him. I wonder if he is expressed 
some wariness about that to you? Well, I think everybody there knows that there have been problems with other executions with the use of midazolam. So certainly I think everybody is apprehensive about Will this happen to me? Deborah Sallings, Don Davis's lawyer, has been practicing law in Arkansas for decades. Are you apprehensive that it could happen to your client? Yes, I am. What exactly is your worry? Just from reading about and knowing about the other executions, it seems like it's an excruciating way to die if you're not unconscious. And so that's, it's just the idea that we would, I think Justice Sotomayor said it, essentially burn somebody, it's what it feels like, to death. Yet it's all real pristine while we're sitting there watching it because we, we don't know what they're going through. So what you're saying is if midazolam doesn't do its job just right, there's excruciating pain from an additional drug. Right. So as a defense attorney, what do you make of the state of Arkansas planning to execute eight men in 10 days. It's it's surely unprecedented. What do you make of it? I'm just... I, it, it To me, it is gruesome and heartless and unconscionable. For no, There's no good reason to do it. There's no good reason to do it. Because we knew that the, the drugs were... The midazolam was expiring... Um, I'm not sure that anybody really anticipated that the governor would do this, set this many just to meet that deadline. It bothers me greatly that our state is that callous. Deborah, do you plan on attending Don Davis's execution? Yes. So you'll watch yes. and see how this all works or doesn't work or how it unfolds? Also watching will be Susan Taylor Connie. Hello. Hey, Susan, it's Michael Barbaro from The New York Times. How are you? Fine, thanks. I just wanted to start by asking you to tell me about your mother. Well, she was an artist. She painted. Um, she graduated from Wichita State. She was a loving mother of four children. She was just a very giving, loving, educated, you know, woman that, you know, cared about everyone. And she went through just a horrible, horrible time when he broke it. He came in. She was fixing lunch. He came into the house and made her go around the house collecting valuables, mm -hmm. like collect her jewelry, you know, silverware, whatever. You know, he just took her around. And then he ended up taking her downstairs and uh, shot her execution style in the head. That's terrible. Yeah, and then he left, and my dad came home later that evening from the business trip and, you know, was calling her name and couldn't find her. And he ended up finding her downstairs in that back room. And then, you know, we got notified. 
No, that's that's what I know. I notice you're not using his name, and I wonder if if that's because you don't like to use his name. No, I don't like to say his name, and that's one of the reasons I want him um, executed because I don't want him to say my mom's name. What do you mean, say your mom's name? I don't want him to have anything. To, my mom was too beautiful of a person for such a horrible person to say my mom's name. He's just, that's why I want him to put to death. I want to, I want to ask you a question that, that may be an uncomfortable one, given everything you've talked to me about and how important this execution is to you. There, there's a debate over the use of a particular drug in lethal injections in the state of Arkansas called midazolam, and I bet you've heard about it, and whether it's the right drug, whether it's effective, or whether in some cases it may actually prolong the death of, of somebody on death row. Is that something, is that something you've given any thought to? Oh, yeah, I've thought about it, and I really don't care, to tell you honestly. Mm -hmm. Because, he, you know, he didn't think about what he did to my mom. You know, people seem to forget that there's there's someone else in this story. And it's a person that, uh, she had a huge family. We all miss her terribly. My son has grown up with never having a grandmother. You know, Christmases. So I don't care that he has to suffer for a little bit, 30 minutes or whatever. Don Davis is scheduled to die on April 17th, the first of 10 days in which the eight men on Arkansas's death row will be executed all by a lethal injection cocktail that includes midazolam. It's the first time that the state of Arkansas will have an execution in more than 11 years. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped one million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more. Here's what else you need to know today. One of the bright spots in the Congressional Budget Office's report on the new Republican health care plan, it would lower insurance prices. But the Times is reporting that it would do so by making insurance unaffordable for many older Americans. My colleague Jonathan Weissman explains. Under the current Affordable Care Act, older people and voters get fairly large subsidies. Mm -hmm. And some of these tax subsidies can be as large as you know, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a year. Under the new law, those people would get maybe at most four thousand dollars, and their out-of-pocket expense could be sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars. And we're talking about for somebody who's earning like twenty-eight thousand. So more than half your income would have to come out of your pocket 
to the insurance company to get you covered. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Finally, the European Union's highest court has ruled that private companies can ban female workers from wearing headscarves on the job. The ruling comes as populist candidates across Europe are expressing alarm over what they say is the failure of Muslim residents to integrate into their societies. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.